It's all things MMA on scoreline.ie and KCLR. My name is Ken McGuire. Joined as always in your ears and on the screen. I got the pointing thing right this week uh, with uh, Miles Price. Get it wrong every <laughs> It's the opposite. It's the reverse. Uh, uh, Miles Price of Team Rhino Kilkenny. How are you? How are things? I can. Yeah, good. Yeah, having a great, having a good day. Weather's gone a little bit south now, hasn't it? But sure, look, we'd be well used to it. We'd be complaining when it's sunny out as well. So, <laughs> like we're just yeah. a nation of complainers. Um, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna turn the 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 attention to um to a, a kind of a core topic around uh, mixed martial arts, and I'm gonna get there in a minute. Before I do, and to, to spring it on you, because we had spoken about it two weeks ago. Did you? get a chance to see any of uh, Bellator Dublin this past week? Oh, yes, I did, actually. I actually stayed stayed up and I, because uh, it was on at a reasonable time, like, so yeah. I, I watched it, yeah, that was a very good card. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't see the results for Brian Moore, though. Do you know how Brian Moore gone? Uh, I don't, but I will find that out uh, straight away, because I only got to watch um, Peter Queeley's uh, bout against Benson Henderson, and then, obviously, uh, the... The co-main event should have been uh, Yoel Romero and Marvin Manhoff, uh, which turned out to be an absolute um, banger of a fight. Maybe a little bit of a maybe a little bit of a slow starter uh, for things, and nice to see Melvin getting the the send off that he uh, absolutely deserves. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, what what did you make of what you saw? Uh, uh, Brian, Brian Moore, by the way, won a won a decision against De um, uh, Yeah. Ah, brilliant! His, to hear that. his 14th win of his professional career. Great, yeah. Brian's a great guy, great, uh, great athlete too. So it's good to see that. Um, so when on the on the co-main event side of things, you had uh, well, you you had kind of called it as it was. To be fair, um, you had predicted that Yoel Romero would absolutely smash Manhoff. Um, maybe didn't look that way in in the first half. We did see a couple of knockdowns, but. Uh, before before the knockout, it was obviously only going one way. Uh, how did how did you see it? Uh, I kind of went the way I thought it was going to go. I thought Manhoff did very well. I thought that he uh, he he moved well in certain positions. And you know, like I don't want to take anything away. I thought just stylistically that was a terrible matchup for him. But I don't want to take anything away from Mal- Melvin Manhoff. I grew up watching him on the Grand K1 Grand Prix when I was a kid, you know. So, like, he's an amazing athlete. It's just, you know, against Romero, that's a big ask, you know, especially against, like, a big wrestler. So, But he did a lot better than what I thought. And, you know, uh, it was it was great to see him get the send-off that he deserved in front of, like, a, an electric Irish crowd like that because he deserves it. He's a legend of the game. Anyone that has uh, known or be, being a fan of martial arts for any length of period would know that, you know. Yeah, I think anybody who knows Irish fans at all in any sport were great. We're a great bunch for giving people a proper send off for things. For the main event, Peter Queeley and Benson Henderson, you had thought at the time that Benson would just have too much in terms of uh, experience and in terms of the the, the level of, of where he has been at and where he is at currently for Queeley. Uh, and it looked that way. And I'm not like it's it's not a slight on it's not a slight on Peter at all. And maybe I was misreading the fight as watching it, but I felt that he didn't really offer much or didn't offer as much at least that he could have done. It seemed it seemed to be maybe more frustration for him and a little bit more one way traffic for Henderson. 
Yeah, I felt like that as well, to be honest with you. That uh, I thought when Peter was coming forward, I thought he was doing very well and the momentum was on his side. But uh, yeah, I, I, it, I, I, I really don't feel like he's changed a lot since I fought him, really. Uh, there's the, they're the kind of weaknesses that I applied in my game plan against him was get him on the back foot. He's a good defensive wrestler, but he tends to coast against defense, his back against defense. Uh, so make sure he's not on the front foot at any stage because he builds a lot in confidence from that. And he is a good striker too. And he's durable. But stick him on the back foot, push him up against the fence, you'll win the fight. And that's what Henderson did. So uh, I just think he coasted a little bit on the fence, you know. And, uh, well, look, he went to five fives against Ben Henderson. He's an ex-UFC champion. Uh, like, I know, but Peter's had a great career. Like, I mean, like, the whole of the tree arena was electric for him. Like, and like, you know, he should leave with his head high. It's disappointing that he got the loss, of course, you know, but you know, it's, it's hard to know where he's going to go from here. He might retire. He might uh, move on to some other map, some other fights like Bellator are always going to push Peter and look after him, you know, like, so why not? Yeah. Uh, they're not going to push any other guys really, unless it's like Kieran Clark or Brian Moore, or any of these guys. Cause the likes of Pedro Carvalho and all, like, they're good guys, but they're not Irish-born. They're looking to promote Irish-born and yeah. represent an Irish kind of, like, up that McGregor route kind of thing, you know, athletes. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. It was Bellator 285. It was it was this past weekend. Uh, there is a, a couple of fight nights coming up for the UFC in the next few weeks before we get to 280 and, and 281, the big pay-per-views uh, heading into the autumn side of things. But we'll we'll look yeah. those in due course. Um, what I what I wanted to talk about this week, and it's been it's been it's been brought up in the office in here. It's like, oh, you're having miles on. Would you mind asking him this? Would you mind asking him that? So you you kind of get to be the MMA kind of agony uncle. Um, now at this stage, uh, as, right. as, as, as weird and all as it seems, um, but and it probably takes things back to fundamentals, and it's something that we we wouldn't have touched on from like way back in like early pandemic times when we when we started doing the whole podcast side of things. Uh, mm. In in terms of in terms of MMA models and mixed martial arts in general, somebody somebody sees it and somebody goes, "I'd like to I'd like to have a crack at it." And they don't know what to do. So we know that you run classes and we know that you coach and we know that you've had uh, a long and, and feathered um, uh, career in, in the pro game side of things. Uh, and you've run promotions and you've, you've run and you've, you've booked fights as well. Um, and you're, you're quite the student of the game. So somebody that's coming into you like completely cold, Maybe it's somebody that was in the office here. It's not going to be me. Uh, somebody that's come into it completely cold and says to you, I'd like to be a fighter. Uh, what what do you do with that person? I mean, what do you do? You sit down and have a have a conversation and go, okay, well, let's examine the reasons why you think you want to be a fighter, or do you go, okay, you want to do this? Now we can start to work on this. I mean, how does for a complete and utter newbie, how does it work? So are you referencing a young man that's coming in looking for direction and goes, I want to be a professional fighter for a job to make money? Uh, 
I mean that that could be that could be a thing. I mean we we see a lot of people kind of go, okay, you know, I want some of that McGregor money. I want some of that kind of, you know, whoever's whoever's the big name. I want to be the guy on five years time who's on TV, who's driving flashy cars, who's doing this, that, and the other. Or it could be the guy who's just, you know, I'm I just I just want to learn how to do this. Maybe they've watched it. Maybe they've grown up watching it maybe they hear it's cool um i don't know but just like from like you know from a complete beginner's point of view what do you do with that person uh well the i have a group of young lads that are very much like that uh the likes of the likes of kale brennan luke stowe bill hayes thomas costigan there's a lot of young lads who are very much like that. And uh, my advice is always to them is one, do it for the right reasons. Do it for reasons that are more so along the lines of internal as opposed to external. A bypass of the things to come along with with competing is the materialistic things to come with it. But they're very shallow, you know, and they, they don't hold a lot of character and a lot of depth. So if you're doing this, you have to make sure that you're doing it because uh, you're interested in the development throughout the journey of who you are as a person. And a bypass of that is the by performances, the wins and the materialistic things. The, the mindset should always be that, you know, like the Stoics, you, you could live with very minimalistic things. A lot of the Stoics were like that anyway, very minimalistic things and very grateful for everything that you have, as opposed to reaching out for things that you think that you want. But it's like, so basically making sure the young men don't fall into the, fall onto the hedonic treadmill, which a lot of people in society do, a lot of young men fall into. And, you know, when they get to that mirage, they figure out that, you know, it's not all sunshine and lollipops. They're just looking for the bigger, flashier toy all the time. So that's the first thing. You know, the first thing is that you have to do it for the right reasons. If you're doing it for money, then this is not your game. Go go to college, do an office job, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Second is uh, you cannot rely wholeheartedly on being a fighter. Like you have to have some sort of a backup. So, you know, a lot of the time, like say the people that work in, in my facility that, that, that use the facility, they are athletes and they've morphed the lifestyle around that. That's why we have a great community in our gym. A lot of it isn't people that are coming from very different backgrounds. A lot of the, a lot of the guys that train in our gym and, and personal trainer of our gym are first and foremost martial artists. And then they go off and they do courses, they get your insurances, etc. And then they personal train to other people, martial arts or fitness, etc. So it's 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 working into their lifestyle. So you can't just wholeheartedly say, I want to be a fighter. You have to have something on the sidelines so that and it makes you a better athlete as well, because if you have that security there, you can always commit a little bit more to being an athlete because you don't have as much to lose because you can fall back on something. You have to have a fallback. So one is, are you doing it for the right reasons? Internal, not external. Something that has real meaning and purpose. Two is always have a backup. You cannot be a full-time athlete and perform at your best potential unless you have something to fall back on, you know? So they're the first two things I'd be talking about. And then 
you know, it, what falls under those umbrellas is like integrity, core values. Like they're, they're the things that you learn from martial arts that mean something that you bring into the things that really matter in life, like your community, the people who are in the very, your very close circle, like your, your wife, your, your parents, your brothers, you're becoming a better of all those things to them. And that becomes, that gives you a more content life. So you learn integrity within martial arts. That's very important. You know, you're learning integrity, you're learning respect, you're learning values, you're learning to concentrate and pay attention. You're obviously getting fit as well. So there's a lot of things that you get with doing martial arts. But if you're looking to be a competitor, you have to be doing it for the right reasons and you need a backup plan. Should you be comfortable with getting hit in the face? That's something that simple question, but you you would imagine, and, and it's like I remember I remember like uh, boxing sparring for the first time, and I I took one in the side of the jaw, and I'm like, oh Jesus, <laughs> that's that's going to sting for a while. You know, you're, yeah. not, you're not you're not expecting it, but the you know part part of uh, part of this part of the sport is uh, is a boxing element. We we might kind of touch and, and yeah. talk our way through the different elements of of the mixed martial arts side of things. But you know, is there like is that something that you would say to somebody coming in the door? It's like, okay, look, we've we've ticked the box on. We know where you're coming from and and what your aims and ambitions are. For the sport, or, or how we how we think that you you'll fit in, or how you might address it, or, or your reasoning for for getting involved in it, be it for the greater good, be it for your mental health, be it for your physical health and your and your fitness. Um, but there's 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 those little kind of basics where on the outside, if you're watching it on TV, you go, you better be ready because somebody's somebody's going to put a fist in your face, and and this mm. is going to happen. So I mean, where does where where does that where does that conversation come in? Do do people find it kind of shocking at the start? Is it something that people just get used to? Is it something that you're trained towards, or how does it work? Uh, that's called developing your stone face. That's what that's called in martial arts. So, obviously, having like a like a statue head, like you know, like stone face. So that that comes from drills, actually, uh, specific drills. So, say for instance. If I'm uh, if I'm with a partner, I'm partner A and partner B is here, and say partner B is working like head movement right to left, and I'm trying to be nice and not hit him, and I'm thrown over this way or thrown over that way, like you know, in order to develop a stone face, somebody needs to be trying to directly hit you straight in the face. So when you're doing drills, you try and not be too much in rhythm. You have to be a little bit off rhythm so that you're working instincts and reactions. And somebody's throwing directly at your face and you're trying to keep your eyes open as you're seeing them and slipping the shots just outside. And that actually develops over time. Like when I take a bit of like, even say even yesterday I was sparring, my stone face has gone a little bit because I haven't sparred in four weeks. So I'm leaning a little bit out of the way. I'm blinking and I've been professional for years. So it's like it's something that you have to kind of top up all the time. And it it does it is something you can develop. It's it's not one of those things that you go, if I get hit in the face and I don't like it, I'm not an athlete. You know, it's just one of those things that if you give it give it a chance and it's something you want to do, then uh, it, it it will be developed. Yeah, sure. Talk to me a little bit about the about the mixed element of it because 
you you hear people talk about being an an all round fighter. He's good on the ground. Yeah. He's good on his feet. He's got good striking. He's got good wrestling. Or she's got good striking. She's got a great ground game. There's an awful, There's there's a lot of different elements that are that are involved. It's it's not just like you know you go out and you play rugby and rugby is this. You go out and you play football and football is this. You got to be good with your feet you got to have a bit of you got to have a bit of pace in it talk talk to me about the 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 for the uninitiated the mixed element of of mixed martial arts because there's there's a lot of different disciplines at play and then you've obviously got to put them all into the one package mm. uh so I, I think it's important to be experimental when you're doing martial arts like if you're coming fresh into the gym sometimes people would see uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because it's very mainstream now. A lot of celebrities do it. Uh, so like Tom Hardy competed at the weekend there. Uh, like some James Smith, likes of that Sinead Hegarty, the kind of the Instagram influencers for fitness. A lot of people do them, do, do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So that's usually the one that people generally tend to gra- gravitate towards. Yeah. But what I would say is it's important to experiment. Try a kickboxing class or try a mixed martial arts class, the fundamental ones, and try the jiu-jitsu fundamentals. Give it a shot for a couple of classes and then see which one you gravitate towards. Because sometimes, you know, you don't really know what you what you want, what you really want, you know? Sometimes you just have an idea. Like, what's Slava Zizek? He's a psychoanalyst and, and philosopher. He kind of talks about that quite a lot like that. There's one solid rule in psychoanalysis is that we as a species don't really want what we think we want a lot of the time, you know, it's just, that's a conscious level thing. It's not a subconscious level thing. So I think it's always important to have that growth mindset to, to just tip in to different things, give it a chance, and then you'll gravitate towards what's right for you. You know, can somebody who's looking at, uh, can somebody who's looking at classes and say they, Again, know no, that, okay, this this is what you do. Or any any other gym in Carlow or Wexford or Waterford or, or Dublin or, or wherever they are in the country. Or globally. Um, <laughs> or globally. I, I just, just, <laughs> just like throw that one in there. Um, you never know what people are listening. Uh, they yeah. come along and they go, okay, well, I see MMA classes are being advertised. I'd love to do that because I know what MMA is. Can, can you get into it to a point where it's like... Maybe maybe you only want to do it for the fitness side of things, but you don't want to do it for the for the fighting side of things or for the for the contact side of things. I mean, is there is 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 there is there is there a way in, or do you get many people that will say, "Oh yeah, I will train in this, but I have no intention of of ever stepping into a cage or ever getting into a ever getting into a into a fight"? Or do you find that more people are coming to you going, "I'm doing this." because the end result is usually yeah usually usually young athletes that come in they're the ones that are like and you just know the types as well you know the types when they come in like the ryan mangans it's like no like this is my life like you know what i mean they have it kind of fixed and then like you know generally you know general population tend to come in and and tend to do that they tend to mix up with different things you know so yeah it's just again it just really comes down to what floats your boat 
what suits you best. Usually, if you want to be like, a, if you want to make a career out of being a martial artist, and career, what I mean by career is it doesn't need to be very black and white, you know. And I'm referencing, you know, my lifestyle here, you know, and the lifestyles of the people that train in the gym and work out with the gym, the work life life lifestyle, you know, where if you want to have that lifestyle, then you can make money from fighting, but you make money from this, like personal training, teaching classes, this, that, and the other as well. You know, there's lots of avenues of martial arts to, but that's usually the case when, when young men come in or people that do martial arts so obsessively that it just like, I can't, I can't do anything else other than this anymore. <laughs> and then there's some people that want martial arts to complement their life. So it's very, it's usually those two, like somebody wants martial arts to complement their life. So they become a better version of themselves and to others, or they're just going whole hundred percent. Like, you know, I'm making a career of this and the auxiliaries that come with it, you know? Yeah. Is it, is it still, uh, is it still a male dominated side of things? Do we see more female interest that's coming into it? I mean, like you go back to the Bellator, <laughs> some good female, uh, fighters on the card. Liam McCourt was in there. Uh, mm. we've seen, uh, Sinead Kavanagh fighting under, under Bellator of late, uh, watched Chris Cyborg boxing at the weekend, watched, uh, oh. Paige Van Zandt she's gone on and done like I know these are kind of like household names within that industry um, mm. but obviously there, there's a rise in the there's a rise in the female side of things as well has has that translated even locally? Uh, definitely with the women yeah actually our two our two best competitors at the moment is Paige Waters and Jenny uh Jenny, I just don't know if that, Jenny's, Jenny's, I, I don't actually know Jenny's second name. I know her name on Instagram is Wardo. I don't think that's her actual name. I think that's just like a tag. So sorry, Jenny, if you're listening to this, I'm insulting Jenny. On Maybe the radio. it's Ward. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, it's mainly, it's, uh, it's mainly Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that bring in the, the, the female, uh, mm. um, side of things it's not really mixed martial arts because the whole again it is very niche martial arts mixed martial arts is you know yeah. like you're not going to get a lot of females that are into that because it's just a male dominant sport that's just the way it is you know yeah. unfortunately i'd like to see more women doing it but uh brazilian jiu-jitsu like like there's loads of women doing brazilian jiu-jitsu we have five or six women that are very consistent and there's three or four that kind of come in and out and float around like you know so and there's like a community in our gym of women that go off and have coffees together and do open mats together and go to seminars together so it's definitely more of a thing in the brazilian jiu-jitsu side of things than anywhere else and because of all the things i mentioned but also the self-defense side of things as well you know like you know women want to have that confidence that if uh, the bigger stronger person be it male or female uh, and they're in a life-threatening situation they do have a chance to get out of there safely, you know, because they're so used to dealing on a weekly basis with larger, stronger opponents. So, Do you need a certain level of fitness get, getting into it? So again, I'm the guy that comes in and I say, hey, I want to be a fighter. I want to train in, in mixed martial arts. And you're looking at me going, you need to get back out the door and do a few laps before you come in here. Or is it that like the fitness comes with it? How, how do you uh, it's actually the opposite, really, like, you know, and I fall into this mindset as well. Again, I always like leading from the front in regards to mindsets. Like, it's very natural for people to always, when you get unfit, to go, 
I need to be a certain fitness to do this thing because, you know, by nature as well, we're quite, we're quite self-critical and we have high expectations of ourselves. So we always go, well, if I'm doing Brazilian GSU, I'm doing it. You know, I'm not going to half arse it. It's all in, all out. But the fact of the matter is, is that going for a couple of runs is the same as going in and doing a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. Uh, because, and you can go at your own pace. It's the same as doing a run. If if you want to go at your own pace on a run, like you can do that. You're in complete control. And the same can be said for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, you can really go at your own pace. If that is your form of fitness, that you enjoy doing, then you should indulge in that form of fitness. And there shouldn't be a limitation because of what shape you're in or what's going on in your life. That's where the stop starts come, you know? And usually I'll get fit before I do the thing that I want to do, usually ends up turning into something that you never really do. So it's just having to lower your expectations and go, look, I know I was here before or with fitness level, but I'm going to go in here with very low expectations and just build myself up slowly. The same way you would with a run, you know? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just you got to trust in that process when you're in there in a group community, especially in a martial arts gym. In a martial arts gym, there is there's no real egos, you know? And if there is, they're very quickly checked by me. So <laughs> the, the, uh, when because everybody needs to work together. And everybody needs to understand and respect their partners. And you do have that in martial arts gyms where they go, look, I'm just a beginner or usually the higher level belt will understand that too. And and they just flow with you and they let you learn and exercise your thinking while getting fit at your own pace, you know. Yeah. Is age just a number? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent, especially in jiu-jitsu, especially in jiu-jitsu. I know some... I know people that have come in to start Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with me at, in their 50s and they've gone out and they've done a few competitions for the crack and they've come out with gold medals. So age is for sure just a number. Yeah. Nice. Um, on, on the on the MMA side of things, and I, I'll, I'll leave it at this before it turns into an absolute kind of uh, counselling questions and answer session. Um, <laughs> uh, talk, talk me through a, a typical... Um, MMA training session. So, MMA, just MMA, just just on, just on the MMA side of things. I mean, what okay. like so 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 somebody needs they, you know they get the idea and they they've come through and it's like yeah I'm 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 gonna do this but uh, there's obviously steps involved. So when you when you are starting out, what are what are those steps? What would a typical training session involve? How long is it? What would you be doing? For a pure beginner or an advanced pure, athlete? Pure beginner, pure Johnny walking in off the street and goes, I'm going to give this a go. Uh, so Johnny, when he gets into class, would start off with kind of move, move, movements that complement jiu-jitsu. So we do things like hip escapes or rolls or you know some sort of gorilla walks, you know, animal-style movements, just to get like baseline stuff sorted, you know, and movements that really complement what you actually do in a in in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu role. It's kind of like that indirect conditioning to, oh yeah, I do this in my warm-up. Like over a space of like a 12-week period, you end up just doing those techniques in your warm-up live in tra- in a role. So you'll do about 15, 20 minutes of that. 
And then you'll get into your main technique, which would be no more than three techniques. Uh, like at the max, it would be three techniques. And then, you know, this, this, this is to, this is to like learn a technique under demonstration or learn a technique under demonstration. So under, after your warm up, you learn technique under your demonstration from the instructor in the middle of the mat area. Uh, and you get to practice that technique for 15, 20 minutes again. And then at the end of class, you'll get the opportunity to kind of just do what you'd like within the rule set of jiu-jitsu and within the rule set, of course, of your belt grade. And the the important thing is that the technique that you just learned, trying to apply it in a life situation, not trying, not that the fastest route to improving in the life training is not going to your go-tos or your physical attributes all the time. So I'm, I'm, if I'm good at iron bars, I'm constantly going for iron bars or I'm big and they're small. So I use all my strength to squeeze the life out of them and just hold them there, which is pretty, which is kind of the easy route. Like you're, you're picking easy routes there. The, the rewarding stuff comes from let's try and exit my comfort zone and maybe give this new technique a go against a resisting opponent a couple of times and just see how it goes from there and just keep applying it over and over again. And, you know, the way I see it over time is like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is like developing a video game character on Street Fighter or something, you know. It's like you have to pick your own characteristics and get rid of things that don't suit your body type and personality and and keep in what you like, you know. There's no set structure. A little bit of a a conservative in the fundamentals course where it's, it's strict, you know what I mean? It's like you have to learn these things like you ha- these are the things that apply from white belt to black belt. And then as you get into the advanced classes, you know, you're, you have more of a libertarian mindset, you know, where you, you should be your own individual. You should shed what doesn't work and you should keep what does, you know. Mm. So in in that vein, if that's in a in a typical training session, would could you take from that then that your Brazilian jiu-jitsu game and training is very much a, a fundamental part of your overall mixed martial arts training yes 100 percent. yeah for sure okay uh and then uh lastly what would it what would it tip so if, if that's if that's uh if that's one session what would a typical training week look like for somebody on the mma johnny side? for johnny for Johnny, for Johnny again, for our newcomer. Let's say he's gonna, <laughs> let's say he's going to train. He can do uh, you know twice twice a week, and twice a week is is loads for some people in in this day and age. Maybe three if he's really lucky. Maybe he's like a he's a regular gym goer, or Jenny's a regular gym goer, uh, mm-hmm. and they decide that they're they're going to switch and and move into that. What would a typical training week look like? Um, typical training week would be. Twice a week jiu-jitsu. Like we have a fundamentals course that's tonight at eight. So that would be fundamentals. And I'd always say that to go into another class. So twice a week is perfect. And maybe once a week of yoga is good. I always promote yoga because, I yeah, I just think I just think yoga is great for mental health, mobility, flexibility, and it's a fun way to do it. You know, I just don't think you can beat the likes of two jiu-jitsu sessions a week and a yoga session a week just great for body and mind it really is like you know and going into 
I, I really don't like the term beginners and advanced. I really don't think there's such a thing as beginners and advanced. I think there's high percentage techniques and low percentage techniques. So some sometimes when people are in the fundamentals courses, I may have to go in and give a pep talk and go, guys, do you know, there's no scary monsters in the advanced class. They're not, we're not going to, you're not going to go in and, and everybody's going to start tearing the head off you. It's actually quite the opposite. It's just the techniques are a little bit more advanced. So just take what you can from them and get in and start rolling with the more experienced guys. Cause I, I believe it or not, the more experienced guys are actually the guys that are, are going to teach you a lot while you feel them, while you're rolling. And while you're getting into flow with them, like the advanced guys are ne- are always going to are always going to teach you something that you didn't know before without saying anything to you. So it's really important to go in and feel that, you know, because that's where your game is going to go up really fast. Nice one. Uh, on that note, uh, I, I think we'll I think we'll park it. I, I like the idea of maybe uh, f- framing this series in a kind of a, a or framing the the discussion as part of a series. Like, do you want to be a fighter, or so you want to be a fighter? Uh, so we might come back. We might come back to this again and look at uh, what would happen, Johnny. You know, a couple of weeks down the line, and see his name's Johnny. His name is Johnny. His name is Johnny. Now we'll get him a T-shirt, uh, and, <laughs> and and see what the story is. But this has been most yeah. uh, most insightful uh, for you, Miles. What's on the What's on the cards? How's the How's the week looking? Or anything Anything major coming up? You've got chaos uh, coming up as well. Is that Is that this weekend? Uh, oh, I'm going to Liverpool on Friday with Ryan. We're going to uh, Grapple Fest. He's competing on that. That's it. Yeah, have. 24 kids competing on the Irish Open this weekend. We have four competitors. We have two males, two females. Igor is one of our brown belts. We have Owen, who's a purple belt to train out of the gym, and Paige and Jenny, the two killers. So, yeah, busy weekend com- competition-wise for the, for the fam, the fit fam, the martial arts fam. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, look at uh, mm. best luck to everybody that's involved. If people want to get in touch, what's the best way to do it? Team Rhino Kilkenny Instagram page. Hook us up there. Excellent. Uh, well, he has been Miles Price. I have been Ken McGuire. This has been All Things MMA for Scoreline.ie and for Casey Lore. I got it. Do it all over again next week. Until then, good luck. Good luck.